0: This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org.
1: Well, hey, folks, welcome back to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And helping take our leadership to the next level, we have Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good in to be the with house. you once again, Sam. In the house, in at the least house. until a few days from now. <laughs> yes, before you dash off down the road again.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah the fall is upon us here, and that that usually means well, head to the, the airport. Here's the
1: thing, Richard. I don't think it really matters what season it is, <laughs> uh, because every season, it seems to be your busy season. Um, yeah, so you notice that. I, I've, not... I've, I'm sensing a pattern here. I've worked with you long enough now. It, it, if I that,
0: think it was uh, Carrie Newhoff that said, if, uh, if if every season's a busy season, it's not a season, it's
1: a life. Yeah. yeah. And you have so, a busy life, Richard. Yeah,
0: that's,
1: yeah. that's just part of it.
0: This is just busier than the fall <laughs> <laughs> is coming up.
1: Yeah, well... Um, Speaking of busy, there's no really uh, segue that I have to uh, transition <laughs> into our yeah. uh, conversation today. But I will say um, we grew uh, some vegetables this year. And I noticed that you had maybe your most successful Yeah, some areas. Well, uh, yeah,
0: lettuce-wise and cilantro-wise. A yeah. few you areas. So you've yeah. you've,
1: you've, you've, made some, you've grown, grown a few things this year, which is cool um and it's also an important part of being a leader is growing. Well, that wasn't a bad segue you know growing it's...
0: vegetables <laughs> growing leaders yeah, yeah I, mean, I can it's, see it's that i see what you did there yeah, so it's, it's pretty obvious <laughs> and a bit clumsy but <laughs>
1: yeah. here we are yeah
0: <laughs> well uh you know and it is funny because i have this little uh no, what's it hydrophonic uh, hydroponic hydroponic yeah um planter i got from my mom and uh and so every year I'm tweaking what, what worked well, some things I tried to grow and it was a total disaster, uh, like I think tomatoes, I, yeah, I you know, say, I think I remember and you then, yeah, and, they, and had, they, they, of... they they took over the place and it was awful. But, um, and so, you know, year by year, every year it's like, okay, another attempt to grow what is most fruitful, productive, you know, less the least cumbersome. I don't have it down yet. I've I, in yeah. fact I'm going to try uh, to do some things this fall, growing things. Of course, here in Atlanta, you can still grow things in the fall. It's oh, not yeah. like Canada. I
1: planted at least part of my fall garden. So yeah, so
0: I'm gonna. I need to take around it that soon. But
1: and I'll I'll let you make the application here. But what's interesting, um, thinking about your hydroponic tower, and the fact that we're you know in the southeast here, um, you you sort of have to to narrow in on the things that want to grow in the space that you have yeah and so like you say you don't grow tomatoes in a hydroponic tower Mm -hmm. that's better to be left to greens and smaller plants and vegetables that do well in that context yeah and uh and the same with the heat like we're not you know there are certain things that do well in the heat and there's certain things that don't do well yeah, uh, in the heat and so then I'll, I'll let you apply that sure well to, and you know as leadership. leaders uh,
0: when it comes to personal growth you would think that we'd be even giving more attention to that than mm-hmm. to our, our cilantro and lettuce uh, what is it that we flourish with. Uh, Mm -hmm. What areas in our life with a little attention would we grow and produce much fruit? Um, And why wouldn't we be doing that? I I just have a personal bias that any leader that is staying the same, uh, it's a travesty. Uh, And it's it's an insult to the people you lead if you just keep leading the same way you always have, year in, year out. Um, And we all know leaders like that, uh, that they had some success. Uh, they get some things done. Uh, they're not bad leaders, uh, and so they just kind of hunker down and they just keep cranking out the same leadership year after year. The problem, of course, is that uh, life is becoming more complex. Uh, technology is rapidly changing all the time. the The job, the the workforce is changing. Uh, people are coming with new issues. Uh, just think, even just about all that COVID did to people and quarantining and fear of, uh, pandemics and, um, wanting more personal space and, uh, so many things, wanting to work from home, uh, the, the, trying to lead a workforce like that. Now uh, you can't just keep leading the same way you were 10 years ago. Cause there's, yeah. there's all kinds of issues that are new now. And so I want to just talk a little bit about that i mean really in a sense that's what all of our our podcasts are about is leadership growth uh lead, growth in your thinking growth in your habits uh growth in your perspective your knowledge your skills um and so uh i think that there's always somewhere some place um that that you can grow and i and i think a lot of your power uh your superpower, in a sense, as a leader is your ability to grow. So you may not be the leader or all the leader that your church, your business, your organization needs you to be right now. You might not be the parent that your your kids need you to be, but you have the power to grow, uh, to become that, to rise to the occasion. And I've mentioned him before, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, the Duke of Wellington, early on in his military career, had a bit of a setback and, uh, didn't do all that well in one of his, he was always brave and uh, dashing, but just didn't always have the same, the the, the knowledge yet, the experience. And I, I love uh, how his biographer said, uh, in the biography I read, uh, he, he had learned what not to do, and that was at least something. Uh, and so it's kind of like, Okay. Well, I know I don't want to do that again. I don't want to fall on my face that way again. Um, so, how do I process that and avoid ever doing that again? Uh, and and so sometimes uh, even failures, if you if you have a growth mindset, uh, you can walk away and you can say, okay, well, that's. Let me take some time to think about how to avoid that particular pitfall. Um, and so there's always room to grow. And I, I would just su- suggest for leaders, if I was coaching one of our listeners, if, you know, one of our listeners came to me and said, Richard, I, how do I do this? Would you coach me walk with me? One of the first things that I would probably do is I'd, I'd put a piece of paper in front of you and, and I would just say, take some time to prayerfully consider two or three growth areas in your leadership right now, your life um, and it doesn't mean, growth there it doesn't mean you're bad at it. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a weakness. It just means that as you consider it, there's room for growth. Uh, yeah. you, you, you've you not maxed that out yet. Uh, there's, I should
1: say that it's not in totality of you as a leader. It's, you know, I like that you've narrowed it down to one or two or three areas of your yeah. leadership. It's not like, you're. We're not trying to change the whole ship. We're right. Just, um, you. You have, yeah. you have to break it down. You uh,
0: have to break it down. It's. It. And. And. I think that's the problem for some, especially people who don't understand leadership very well. They assume that they've got to just completely have an overhaul, transformation. You, you know, tear it all down to the studs and start over again. Um, and and of course, there's many different areas in your life. Uh, it could be. Uh, it could be a personal. Uh, growth area. Maybe just your, you know, your walk with God, just you, you, you want to get right down to the foundation and say, how is God going to use me more powerfully if I don't spend more time with him and getting to know him and knowing his word or developing my prayer life, or could be some areas of people skills, or it could be just in your own personal life. Uh, and there's so many different ways, uh, you know, certainly your, your own self-care. Maybe you need to lose weight. You need to Perhaps maybe get a, get a some guy, especially guys sometimes just need to get a more up-to-date wardrobe or uh, lots and lots of different uh, ways where you would just say, it's not a huge thing, Uh, but I do feel like, uh, you know, something as simple as I had to learn years ago is that there are certain kinds of dress clothes, for instance, pants or blaze or whatever. There are some that are designed to be more wrinkle-free. And if you've had to, like there's been times i've many times where i've flown on a plane and then had to walk off the plane and go straight to speaking and uh so i've got to have clothes on that are not going to just have all kinds of lines and make me look frumpy when i when i get on a platform and so you know there's where where places where you say you know what i'm using some of this kind of cheaper pants and it shows and it looks like I'm a zebra when I get off uh, a plane or a, out of the car and with so many lines going across, uh, maybe I just need to put some money in and, and have a bit of an overhaul because uh, it's true. When you get up in front of people, if you look frumpy, the way you dress, uh, your hair, uh, where, you know, just so many things, um, then you, you've immediately left an impression uh, good or bad. And so, yeah. You know, just find two or three areas, and and don't don't try to take on too much. Uh, I I think it's hard to focus for busy people. I think it's hard to focus on more than two or three at a time. And so, nail those down, address those, uh, and then you can move on to something else. and And I think something else, just to say at the outset as well, is that you're going to have to address your insecurities. Uh, if you if you're insecure, it's just hard uh, sometimes uh, to address personal growth issues because you you can feel threatened. You don't, don't, don't assume that your personal worth is tied into what kind of leader you are. Uh, you're, you're valued and loved by God, whether you lead well or not. Um, w- w- if you acknowledge a shortcoming, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. Uh, it actually means that you're probably a, 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 a good leader because you, you want to keep growing. You want to keep identifying uh, things that are, they're that not right. I, I know sometimes, especially if people feel kind of insecure, they, they're they they're very reluctant even to acknowledge they have a growth area because, well, what, is, what if that means that they want to fire me or they don't want to promote me? Or what if it, it gives gives someone else who's competing for the same position a, a leg up on me? Uh, so I'm going to just keep acting and talking like I've got it all together. Uh, you don't have to necessarily hang all your dirty laundry out for everybody to see, but, but Personally, you need to be identifying some areas and and very uh, persistently, honestly addressing that. And I, I I was I was I was I was thinking about this. I don't know why. I just had this thought came to mind. It's I've never <laughs> I can't imagine using a Mick Jagger illustration for uh, improving your leadership. But uh, maybe you saw. I think it was going around on social media or something. But uh, a couple months ago, I think there was just a a little video of Mick Jagger uh, working on his choreography uh, for when he does a concert. And I had no idea he did that. That was actually quite interesting to me. You know, like I thought he just pranced around on that stage, just however the spirit moved. (laughs) And, uh, but, uh, he actually sort of choreographs it where he moves and, you know, how he does it, what he does. I mean, I, you might, (laughs) for better or worse, whatever you think of his choreography, uh, but you know, I thought to myself, uh, hey, I'll tip my hat to the guy. Like, how old is he? Like, he's in his 70s, 70s right? 50s, um, 80s, I think. think about how many times he's performed. I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, like, how many times has he done that? Like, how many yeah. times has he been on a stage and he's made hundreds of millions of dollars doing it? Um, and yet at his age in his 70s, having done like uh, who, who, how could you count how many times he's performed? Well, in some and way. I think
1: what's so interesting is that's what separates the Mick Jaggers from all the retired rock stars, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, because he could obviously retire whenever he wants, yeah, to. and to fill up a, And so I thought to myself,
0: if he still has like some coach, some. Director, or someone who's watching him—you'd think at that point, like, what are you going to tell a guy, a rocker yeah, what like are you gonna, that?
1: Yeah, what are you going to tell like, Mick Jagger? Like, you know, I think if you did it, yeah, this
0: I, way, I, this I would... trust me, I can, I can, you know, help you do better. Like, but. uh but I thought, it might, so yeah, I've never used McDagger's as uh, a leadership illustration before. Well, but uh, uh, <laughs> but hats I, off to you, Richard. But uh, yeah, that was, at the that same, same well time, done. I thought, you know what? There's, if, a, if a rock star is striving for excellence in his 70s, still thinking he can improve, and uh, hey, maybe I should kind of pivot to the left instead of the right at this point of the song. Uh, well, then is there room for us as leaders who are oftentimes leading God's people, trying to lead to the glory of God? Uh, should we not want to be doing that better as well, uh, than a rock star? So, um, and so, you know, whatever it is you do, I mean, if you're a pastor, maybe your preaching could be better. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not holding myself up to say like, I am the, the model of powerful, great preaching, but, um, but I'll tell you what, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that gets put on live streamed and, uh, on, on Facebook and other things. And there are times where I just think this is so suppressed. It's so dull. It's so here's a guy gets up in the pulpit and he's he's not even looking up at the audience. He's looking at his notes and he's trying to find his place and he's uh, he doesn't know what he's going to say obviously at first. And you just think there's lots of room for improvement right there. Um, and I just hear so many leaders and oftentimes church leaders. Who just feel like because they've done something for a long time that they've they don't need to improve it? Hey, I've been preaching forty years. Uh, yeah. I'd say, well, if you've been preaching forty years, you may have more reason than most uh, to have an overhaul, a refresher at this point, yeah. or maybe you've been teaching for a long time, or maybe you, you know, we're still trying to grow a lot on this podcast and trying to do some things better. And even this morning, Sam and I were talking about ways uh, to help. Uh, maybe in PowerPoints and presentations and uh, just so many things you can say, you know what, I, I, I'm i really busy with this now. That doesn't mean I couldn't improve on it. It couldn't be better. Uh, and so I really want to encourage our listeners, um, think about, get a piece of paper, and it shouldn't take you all that long to be able to identify a couple of things. So maybe put them in different areas. Maybe one is a personal uh, area of maybe I, I need I just need to trim ten pounds. I need to get a better traveling blazer. I I probably need to get a different hairstylist. I uh, you know I what what is it I need to do? Uh, it might be if you do public presentations. I I think it's maybe time just to get a coach and have a couple of sessions where I just think through the way I've been doing something. Or I've got this uh, direct report that I'm. I just don't know that I'm handling them correctly. Uh, I, I need some help to think through a better way uh, to help this person uh, become what I need them to be uh, in that role. And then maybe just one other thing before the break is just um, be willing to invest money and time and effort. Uh, it, it doesn't do all that much to plan to uh, improve yourself if you don't then have a plan to invest time. and And, and, and especially, I think, uh money as well. Uh it's amazing to me a coach could be so helpful a pa- and and yet there's so many people that don't get a coach strictly because of the money. It's like, well, I just don't want to put that kind of money in. Well, you know what if if you're like a pastor and you you so much of your role hinges on delivering a good message each week, um, you need that to be good. I, I would not spend my whole career being a mediocre at something that maybe a couple of, of uh, strategic coaching sessions could have really helped improve. And I remember a couple of years ago, I had a, uh, maybe I won't get all the specifics of this group, but there was a group of pastors that, uh, I'd uh, been in contact with, and and basically, uh, it was this, a small group of pastors, and they were a very discouraged group of guys, and um, and they they desperately needed some help. Most of them were struggling. I, I'd say the vast majority of them, their ministries were in struggle mode, and um, and so I'd come across them, and and I'd reached out and offered to help them, and I would and normally I, I wouldn't have. Just based on where they were located and what the effort it would take to get there, and the, and just the number of people involved, I wouldn't normally have invested that much time. But I, I just felt like I would offer my services to them. Now I was going to, I needed them to cover my expenses, uh, and I was going to charge them something for it. But it was going to be a, a great rate for them, a great great deal, uh, and I was going to give them a lot of attention. I was already starting to really think about um, how I could customize some training and even when I wasn't with them I would have a Facebook page and I would be putting all kinds of uh, growth uh, resources on that books and quotes and interact with them wherever I was in the world I I want to walk with them and help them and uh, I was already like putting a lot of stuff together and really just you know I was really kind of brainstorming a lot of really great stuff that I could help these guys with and then all of a sudden I got a, a message and they had decided not to proceed. Now they had the money, they could afford it, but basically their particular denomination had some kind of free service where it wouldn't cost them a dime. And some denominational person would come out and, uh, and, give, and buy them lunch and uh, pay all their own expenses and give them all a free book. And they thought, well... It's they're not Richard, but uh, hey, it's free. So let's uh, maybe we just go with the free thing. I think that ended up being like a one a one off one trip by the person, and that was it. Like I plan on walking with these people for the next couple of years, um, and I remember just at the time thinking, I, like I know I'm not trying to say like I was going to be way better than this denominational person, mm-hmm. but I do know that I was far more invested in customizing some leadership training and being available walking with them um, and, uh, and and but they basically thought well we can get this help here cheaper and so
1: well it just it it, it reveals a mindset i think yeah. that is that is quite yeah. common i think especially among church leaders because you know i think all church and nonprofit leaders they're always thinking about the cost of something. yeah, And, and I think too often, um, the cost of not doing something doesn't really get factored into You're the right. equation.
0: And, you know, I, I realized that I, I, I pastored uh, a church that didn't have a big budget. I understand you don't have a lot of money to spend, but, uh, uh, but this, this particular group, they wouldn't have had to necessarily spent a whole lot of their own money. They, they had in their, their own local fund, the the funds basically to cover it. And, uh, and so like I, you know, I, I, I meet regularly with CEOs. Some of them fly in on corporate jets, private jets. I mean, I, I get it that there's different uh, levels of resources that people mm-hmm. have to, for training, but I, I really want to just encourage folks. Uh, there are just times where it's just worth it to invest some of your resources or your organization's resources for some really first class, uh, quality help. And, uh, and sometimes it, I mean, it really is true. You get what you pay for. And, yeah. uh, and I thought often about that little group of pastors, uh, they got one free kind of lunch and a little presentation by a denominational guy. And that was it. Um, and I don't, I didn't see any noticeable improvement among those folks afterward. Uh, and I, it's sad because again, especially when, you're serving the Lord. You're ministering to God's people. Uh, people's eternities may be at stake. It just would seem like a little investment uh, would, would be very much worthwhile
1: and yeah. worth, worth the expense. Well, let's take a quick break here. This fall, we've got two opportunities to attend the spiritual leadership coaching workshop that Blackabee Ministries offers uh, each year. Normally, we just have one in the fall. Uh, in Jonesboro. But this year we have, in addition to the one uh, in Jonesboro, we have one in Rapid City, South Dakota. And these are for folks who work with people. Uh, You might be thinking, well, I'm not interested in coaching. That's not really something uh, I'm into. But I would say that anyone who deals with people uh, can learn something from these uh, coaching workshops. It's really learning about how to ask the right questions to help move people Onto God's agenda. These coaching workshops will be uh, October 23rd and 25th. That's going to be the one in Jonesboro, Georgia. And then October 12th and 14th will be the one in Rapid City, South Dakota. All the information about both of these can be found at blackabycoaching.org/workshop. slash uh, workshop. There is um, a discount for early registration, and that goes through uh the month of August and so if you would like to attend one of these uh best to sign up sooner rather than later Well Richard it is true that uh I, I think there is a mindset shift uh especially among uh church leaders um that that's required I think before new growth can even take place um and it is sad that that so often uh church leaders are are kind of the last to get the hint that, that uh, no, this is a worthwhile investment, that, yeah. that you becoming a better pastor, a better organizational leader, a better leader, period, is worthwhile, and and people suffer when you don't become a better leader. Yeah, and, uh, and it's sad when people
0: that are trying to just earn more profits and more money are willing to make a greater sacrifice than people that are serving God, and...
1: Well, and I think too, it's just it's interesting because I think the the justification of being a good steward of resources or something like that uh, prevents churches and organizations from becoming a better version of themselves. Yeah, there's there's a certain irony I think that yeah. it's like, well, you know, we want to you know be good stewards of of the resources God's given us, and and you know, who knows what they end up spending and, and, money know, and, on, but it's like, well, you could have become a, a much more effective leader, yeah. a much more effective church. And
0: being a good steward does not necessarily mean not spending money. Right, uh, exactly. You know, sometimes but, that's what they mean. It's right, like, I want yeah. to be a good steward, I'm not going to spend any money. And yet, you know, when you read the the parables of the talents, who you know who is it that gets praised? The one who in, was investing heavily and yeah. taking some risk in order to see things grow. Mm. Uh, it, the one who buried the the talent and didn't spend any of it and say, look, I didn't spend a solitary thing. Here it is. Uh, well, when you don't spend anything, you don't get any return either. And so, um, yeah, I, I I really want to encourage, uh, folks and I, and I, there's and and certainly in the, in church, especially smaller churches, um, there, there's often sort of a, a scarcity kind of mindset. It's like, I just, Uh, Well, I'd love to have that book, but can't really afford it. Uh, I'd I'd love to go to that seminar. I'd love to have a coach, but I think it's kind of expensive. Um, And I'd let people know too. Like our ministry, Blackberry Ministries, has a whole range of coaches that we've certified, and uh, and we kind of have a whole range. So you we've got some pretty high level guys. If you're a corporate leader and you want uh, some coaching, that uh, they can work with you and they're going to charge you more corporate type rates, but, uh, we, but we have some really good certified coaches, uh, that charge at all levels. And, uh, and so you might not get our, our top coach, but you're going to get someone that will be very helpful to you. And so there's lots of options. Uh, mm-hmm. don't just assume I can't afford it. Just say, Hey, I need some help. And so I'm going to have to be creative and find a way to get the help, but I'm, I'm going to get it. Um, and you know, another thing I, I would encourage people to do is just, uh, be aware of what other people are doing. Cause you know, a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. And so, mm. uh, I, I'm not telling you go copy whatever, what others are doing, but I think that's why, like, for instance, sometimes I like to listen to other preachers. It's not that I'm going to change my style to be just like them, but, uh, but I want to see what other people are doing. I think sometimes watching a Ted talk can be interesting how in just a, pretty concise amount of time, people can communicate a profound truth and can, and watch how, when you only have 27 or so minutes or whatever it is now, 22 minutes, whatever Ted talks are, um, that you can, uh, captivate an audience very quickly. And I think those are things you watch that now you may not do it the same way they did, but it might sort of pique your interest to say, wow, like within 30 seconds, that person had me in the palm of their hand, uh, what, what, how could I maybe work on some of my intro so that, uh, I, I don't have to kind of ramble on for 10 minutes trying to, you know, get the plane up in the air. Um, and, uh, and so watch what other people do. Uh, I used to do, I remember my years ago when I was just kind of starting to build a wardrobe for speaking in public kind of things, uh, my brother-in-law, Jerry, um I I remember he, he, years ago he he got out of a car like driving to an event and he got out and he looked down and his pants were all creased his jacket had lines all across the back and then he saw someone else get out and not a line it looked crisp and sharp and fitted and the guy just stood out he just looked so much more professional than these other frumpy guys and and so he just asked him. He said, "Hey, what kind of? Do you mind if I ask you, like, what kind of suit is that?" Of course, they're more usually more expensive, uh, but but my brother-in-law just could just tell the difference. And and so he asked, and he found out. And he said, "Where do you get those kind of suits?" And you know what you discover is you don't necessarily. And early on for me, um, I didn't. I couldn't afford a lot of clothes like that. But you could wear them. It was easy. You know, you wore them a lot. You, I wore them out. But um, but look around and see what other people are doing uh what they're uh, using and maybe ask them do you ever use a coach and who do you use and what books are you finding that are really uh helpful to you and um watch some stuff online and just see what people are how they're doing it and then again i'm not i'm not trying to tell you just to copy what other people are doing but it will give you ideas and uh, when you listen, maybe to a, if you're a public speaker and you see someone that really just captures people's attention quickly, and you could hear a pin drop, everyone is listening to their every word. Then stop and ask yourself, what did they do? How did they do that? Is are there some things, lessons I could take from that that might help my presentation? Don't don't ever feel like you're locked in. This this is just how I. Speak. This is how I lead. This is how I deal with problems. No, you can always improve, and mm. so uh, that's why I think you have to be out there and observing other people. and And I I enjoy that. I'm a public speaker, and so when I see someone else presenting and doing a good job, I I don't feel threatened. I don't beat myself up, and so I I wish I could be that good. Uh, I'm just watching and I'm I'm learning and I'm thinking, you know what? I, I think I could do some of that. I, I, that's a good lesson, a reminder for me to avoid that and to try more of this. And um, so be aware of what other people are doing. And I, we've mentioned this already, but but I think most leaders would benefit from a coach. And again, a coach is not necessarily someone that you meet with every week for a year or five years. Uh, you might meet with them one to three times, six times. Uh, yeah. Just invest a certain amount of time. And and you might once a month or something uh, for six months and just say, I- I'm going to just devote uh, six months to really tackling this issue, developing some good habits, uh, getting on top of this problem, coming up with uh, some new skills and insights that I can carry on with. Maybe after that... Um, I meet with my coach once a year, just kind of like a annual checkup, just to see yeah. how things are going. But uh, don't be afraid of that. And, and I would also just say, don't be afraid of just asking for honest feedback. Uh, uh, sometimes as you're trying to think, well, where do I need to grow? Maybe you need to talk to some people, talk to some of your direct reports, if you dare, and say, you know what, I'm, I'm just... Praying right now about how I can continue growing as a leader, and uh, you work with me all the time. Uh, is there any way that uh, perhaps I could uh, work better with you if I did made some adjustments or I uh, some areas maybe I could be stronger in in my uh, the, the way I, I lead you and work with you and um, and you know you never know what you're going to get with that. You have to be careful maybe who you ask, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in different ways, uh, you don't have to be maybe even that direct. But um, but be but be open to feedback from people and uh, to hearing what they say. And sometimes you have to read between the lines. People are trying to be sensitive to your feelings, but um, but you be but if you start hearing some of the same things over and over again, that might be a clue that that's that it's surfacing a growth area for you. Uh, and and then if you are going to seek to grow, obviously, uh, have a, a, definite goal of some sort, whether it's a process, I'm going to, I'm going to start exercising three days a week. Um, you know, we've talked before about whether you set a goal and say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, or whether you say, I'm going to start, uh, doing some form of exercise 30 minutes at a time, three days a week or something, or I'm going to stop eating desserts, uh, uh, with my meals uh for the next year or 6 months uh so I can reduce my sugar intake and pr- and hopefully lose a bit of weight or uh but but have some specific goals and something that that is measurable uh if you really want to improve maybe your your presentations in public uh then then ask yourself, okay, well, what is it I'm trying to do here? Uh, maybe I want to. Uh, maybe I'm taking too long to get into the meat of my presentation, or maybe I'm saying "you know" too much or "um" too much, and so I'm going to uh, do some things to really cut back on that. And then uh, I'm going to watch a video of my last presentation. I'm going to count how many "you knows" I said, or how many "ums" I said, or other bad habits how many times i scratched my nose while i was speaking in public uh, but find a way to to measure and evaluate progress a- am i doing any better yeah. Yeah. and then just hold yourself accountable uh don't just kind to of make a promise uh or a, a commitment and then have no follow-up uh and it might be that you need to have an accountability partner or maybe a group that you meet with. And you might share, uh, these are some of the things I'm working on right now. Uh, so why don't you ask me next time we get together uh, how many times I've done that or have I seen any improvement? But I need somebody that's going to hold my feet to the fire so that I actually do improve. And I, and yeah. I know that that meeting is coming and I, I've got to get my act together. Uh, but I think the main thing is you don't want to, uh, you don't want to go into next year and be the exact same leader you were this year. Mm -hmm. So as we're entering the fall season here, as we do this podcast, uh, we're not that far, uh, from a new year. It's, it's looming before us. What, what adjustments, what goals do you want to make so that next year is your most successful, fruitful, productive year as a leader yet? Well, for that to happen, you're probably going to need to improve in some way the way you've been leading this year. Uh, it doesn't mean you haven't done you, that, you've been a bad leader. This might have been the best year you've had so far. Great. Now, what adjustments could you make so next year is even better? And as a leader, no matter how old you are, no matter how long you've been doing it, there's still always room for growth. And so I, I want to encourage people, it may not require a major overhaul, uh, but But take time, get a piece of paper, get your Bible, spend a little time with the Lord and say, God, so what would those two to three areas be in my life that I need to focus on next? And I'll tell you, you'll be glad that you did. And the people that you lead will be glad you did as well.
1: All right. Well, let's leave it there